This is Taxis Chronicles and I'm your host Simon Rushton. Today we have a guy from America. He's one of the few people who's been getting on a plane in the corona time. <laughs> and I'm doing the 22 minute route, um, 22 kilometers journey there. So he's going to tell us about insurance in data I believe. Well great to have you here Alex. Yeah thank you very much Simon and uh yeah, I'm hopping on the, the front lines of the corona battle right now, so I got my mask, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. So tell us about this data insurance industry, how, how, how does that work? Yeah, so I mean basically a data center is filled with three main pieces of equipment. You got your servers, storage systems, networking equipment, right? And this is all of the hardware that's running everything a, a company does. So their softwares, the applications they use, uh, the hard drives that all their information's on, that, that's what's in the data center. And all this equipment you buy from people like HP or IBM, Dell, whatever it may be, and that equipment comes with an original warranty on it, right? So just like the car that we're driving in, you know, the phone that you have, your, your TV, uh, so if something breaks in the first couple of years, then HP, IBM, Dell, they have to go out there and fix it. But when that warranty expires, you know, usually that only lasts two to three years, you know, this stuff's going to break eventually because it runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and that's where we come into play and basically offer a, a much cheaper service um, with just as good, if not, you know, a better service with engineers all over the globe and, and help people maintain this equipment. So that must be a booming interest, interest in industry, sorry, because everything's, um, everybody's going tech, yeah. especially at this time when there's probably more people on tech than yeah. any time in the world before. Um, you know, they're doing their Zoom calls, they're doing um, all yeah. their different things. Can they make the, I asked you this before, uh-huh. is it? Are they, would you say they're not making it up to standard equipment? Is it, is it like, um, like the old TVs could last 15, 20 years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, a TV, you're lucky if you get three years out of it. Oh, yeah, it's funny. My grandmother still has like a Hoover from the 70s that I have to, you know, yeah. vacuum her floors with when I go over there. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this stuff is really high quality equipment. And, and, you know, I guess it's hard for me to say because it's really the manufacturers that are, putting this hardware together right so you'd have to ask somebody from hp or ibm and i know there's been myths about this with the iphone right everybody knows like as soon as your uh apple care or whatever is up after two years all of a sudden everything starts breaking so you know i i guess that could be a myth or philosophy but um you know the the fact of the matter is is that this equipment is running 24 7 non-stop right so even you know, you have a fan. I literally keep a fan running in my house 24-7, and, you know, that fan probably breaks every six months just because it's constantly running, right? So I think that's more of why people need this insurance. And, you know, even right now, it's a very critical time because we cover hardware for uh, companies that are, you know, considered critical and have to stay open during these times, like hospitals, banks, you know, things of that nature, healthcare systems. Okay. Yeah, with the Apple, it's all, it was actually found to be true that Apple were, when you get the upgrade, uh-huh. after a year, they were making sure that 
new upgrade will slow down your phone and deteriorate your battery to get you to buy new more. So that's um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And then, so I think that's what happened is when they got figured out about that is when they changed like the plug, you know, because the plug went from a regular headphone jack yeah. to the weird, the, the same thing that they charge with. Yeah. And that was probably their way of, you know, making sure that people were just buying new shit. So now they got to buy new headphones, new chargers, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. since <laughs> people aren't upgrading their phone every day. Yeah. yeah. There was, um, is it a World Health or something where they said, there's too many or the environment something about the environment there's too many original phone different phone cables uh, charging cables when the, the Ericsson and you had Sony Ericsson and Vodafone and all these other companies had their mobile specific chargers for their phones yeah. and all these charger leads were just becoming redundant so they said you have to have only one type of charger lead and that's where that little interesting yeah came out and then Apple, obviously being the big boys of, the, of that era, said we're sticking with what we have because it's the fastest technology. And now there's a plea for Apple to be in line with everybody else. Yeah. Because they're not they're number three. Well, you really, I mean, you think about it, you don't need any plugs on a phone anymore because you got Bluetooth charging, you got Bluetooth headphones. You know, what do you really need a connection for unless you're gonna? plug it into your computer and download something onto it, right? There's a, a fair point because you could argumentatively just have, if you put your phone on the dashboard here, right. it just charges. Yeah, so what do you need a plug for? Instead of having the wire. It, it, it's it's crazy to think about all the little things, like nobody would ever sit there and think a phone charging cable, how, like what's the carbon footprint of that, right? And how many of those are there in the world? Like you walk into any corner store, whether you're in the UK, the US, any country in the world, you walk into a corner store, you're finding chargers and cables, right? Yeah. So it would be interesting to see. I mean, I obviously don't don't know anything about it, but something so simple and little that, I mean, I think you got at least two or three going on in the car right now, right? So it'd be interesting yeah. to know, you know, what that actually has an effect on. Yeah, I hear you. So with this, excuse me, with, um, the insurance industry is it really is it would you say it's booming now yes i mean there's a a common misconception that you know the cloud is just some like mysterious cloud in the sky where everybody stores their data Mm. but really all it means is you're storing your information or your applications on somebody else's hardware right Mm. so if you're using amazon cloud that's all you're doing is storing all of your information in amazon's data center Mm -hmm. so the more that the cloud grows which it's going to because it's a cheaper more efficient way for for companies to to build out infrastructure uh you know our business is going to be growing right with it and you know something that we actually launched in 2017 uh which is called park view it's a, a piece of artificial intelligence that can remotely monitor the data center uh and it gets real-time analytics from this equipment so that it can actually create a baseline and predict when there's going to be failures in the data center. So, you know, if you have some sort of failure that's coming up, instead of, you know, shit hitting the fan, everything's going wrong, you're calling our support center, we're actually calling you a week ahead and saying, hey, 
you know, it looks like, let's say, for example, a server located in Amsterdam that controls all the GPS systems on your ambulances is about to have a hard drive failure. So we're going to send an engineer out there to, to get that problem solved. So that's like a, a huge competitive um, advantage of ours. Uh, and it's also something that, you know, in the, the crazy times that we're in now where everything is done remotely, it's going to be a huge benefit for people trying to manage their, their data centers. So basically what you're, this like a service of a car where you say every 10, 10 or 12,000 miles um, or every year, we're just going to do a routine check and we know predictability with this model, these problems happen. So you'll probably need to change that. Yeah, so imagine if we could call you right now and say, hey, in you know 30 kilometers, your tire is going to go flat. So we see you know, you're located uh, in Hounslow right now. We're going to drive up to you, make sure that we give you a new tire so that when you hit that you know, pothole or whatever in 30 kilometers, it doesn't affect you and you can keep on running. Okay, that's good. So it's, it's to, insurance wise then your total your your company's sole focus is just on these data servers. Yeah, 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 servers, storage systems, networking equipment. We basically sell you a piece of paper that's a contract and it says whenever something fails or breaks needs to be replaced um, on this equipment, we send our engineers out there uh, to go make sure that we get this stuff up up and running as soon as possible. Um, but, you know, it's critical stuff, right? So, for example, um, we work with huge credit card companies, right? And if a storage system in their data center goes down that stores all of their online banking information for their customers, well, that's a huge issue, right? They could be losing a lot of transfer fees or whatever's going on. Um, or there's a server that's, you know, running the, the actual swiping of the credit card uh, on POS systems, right? So if one of those goes down for even 10 minutes, you know, who knows how much money you're going to lose from people trying to swipe that card and not working. Um, you know, I mentioned hospitals earlier. You know, we uh, look after the servers that, you know, run um, critical pieces of equipment in the data center, whether that's, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they are, but an x-ray, you know, CAT scan machine, um, you know, something like that. That's critical stuff and you need it up and running all the time. So your company, so I only learned about this a while ago, Yeah. the dark web and the deep web, you're on the deep web. <laughs> I actually don't know what the the meaning of the okay. dark web, I think, is where you find like drugs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, dark web is drugs, guns, yeah, pornography, the fun stuff. or you know, all that <laughs> stuff. And deep web is where they hold all the data. Okay. So governmental data. So your company mm. would need, or yeah, your company would need to be validated by the government to say that you're okay how you're going to handle people's data sensitive things. Correct, yeah. yeah. So we're a government contractor. For, for yeah. example, the World Bank is a customer of ours. London Stock Exchange is a customer of ours. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you got to be on top of your game. Okay. Um, is, are, there, are there enough engineers out there? 
for like for the young people who might be listening to this who want a job is it a job that they should be going into the the maintenance side of it themselves yeah so there's always going to be a need for it so that's great it's funny it's not it doesn't seem to be one of the more i would say exciting uh areas of it for you know young people right now but i mean think of it this way if you're somebody that likes to work with your hands you know you like the concept of engineering you know you you like to see things and uh, solve problems it's the perfect job for you the one thing that's a little crazy about the job is that you're, yeah, you're always on the road. So, I mean, you get to work from home, right? That's a nice gig, but uh, you wake up, you're in the car, and then you're just driving to data centers all over the place. But the exposure and the experience that you get, you know, working with a wide product range and, you know, in data centers all over the world uh, is incredible. We have engineers who, you know, have flown to Turkey and Egypt to go into a data center and fix it, right? So um, it's really interesting, but it's also, you know, very demanding. Um, but you, you mentioned the, the government side of it, which is interesting, because we actually had a customer who had um, information from a very sensitive, a master of the deep web, let's put it that way, I don't want to say their name, but they were storing a lot of the information on there, uh, and we started providing service for them, and somebody high up in the company you know, realized that we had this contract, and slowly but surely they started stripping away all the hardware that, you know, that really sensitive information was on, because obviously they didn't want other people having access to it. Um, so, yeah, situations like that absolutely happen. Okay. Uh, it wasn't that guy, what's that guy with the white hair? Uh, <laughs> you, you, you Americans want, you want us to deport to you. Um, oh, you're not talking about Trump, are you? No, the white hair. <laughs> white he, hair. He's a computer with, he's a Wikipedia guy, isn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, see, you're on the, the right track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, okay, okay. So, I was going to ask about salary. Do they do like, um, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Modern, do you see a future in remote maintenance so let's say that you could give your uh, it doesn't even have to be your engineer you could give the facilities maintenance guy a camera and he could go to the server and you could have sent him the parts and you could tell him change this change that test this test that and then you're on the other end doing your computer stuff yeah so I mean you hit the nail on the head that's something that we do now so for example, let's go back to Parkview, the remote monitoring, right? So we detect that um, even something as simple as a fan isn't running to capacity as it should be on a machine. And, you know, we're not going to send out an engineer there. Let's just say it's not part of the contract. But what we'll do is we'll have one of our subject matter experts. Uh, so that's somebody who's a HP whiz or a, a Cisco guru, right? and they can call the customer and walk them step by step through how to fix what's in front of them. So they'll literally have them on a webcam like you mentioned and this person will remotely walk them step by step through, you know, turn this switch off, pull this cable out, unscrew, you know, these three uh, screws to get the fan out and, you know, plug it back in, test it, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's something that we do now and, you know, it's especially valuable for 
kind of those crazy countries <laughs> like um, you know for example we've done service in Angola we don't have any employees in Angola right um, but you know we'll, we'll find somebody with some sort of tech knowledge and we'll walk them step by step through how to how to do this stuff okay that's good so the future is great in the insurance world then <laughs> yeah I mean everybody always needs it right I mean, yeah. you're not going to drive a car without insurance, I hope. <laughs> especially, if, especially if you're Oh, yeah, over. I do. I forgot something. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you're always going to need it. That's the, the beauty of it. And, um, you know, when you can save somebody 50% minimum uh, on this type of stuff, you know, it's it's over a $100 billion market, just um, these oh, types of services. Really? Yeah. All right, so in that case... If, if I was to tell my my son, my 24-year-old son, he should do this industry, the first thing he's going to say is, Dad, how much are they going to pay me as a starter? Yeah. Uh, I heard the analytics of IT or like social media, they get they start about 80K once they're fully qualified. 80K? Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe I, mean, I should have been in that. Yeah. Because, because you're, <laughs> definitely you're, you're not make, at that. You're making the company a lot of money. If you can know, if you understand the analytics of how people like use social media yeah you can present that to coca-cola and say you need to be advertising when the school kids finish yeah and they're all going to eat their chicken and chips do you know what i mean so they buy coats to go with it so that's worth a lot of money to them i mean to be fair um at our company if you want to make money I mean, obviously, you can climb the ranks, but sales is the place to be because um, you're selling these contracts and you're making a big commission on them. Okay. Um, you know, for example, we had a deal, I think this was end of 2018, um, that was, it hovered right around $4 million, um, and, you know, that sales rep made 900000 in commission just off of that one deal. Really? Yeah, so you ah. basically became a millionaire. Uh, you hear that, guys? <laughs> Sales rapid data protection. <laughs> yeah, honestly. The way it, to go, right? It's pretty <laughs> crazy because, I mean, we have deals that stretch anywhere from $800 to, you know, 4 or $5 million. And when you're making a 12% commission on that sort of stuff, it adds up. So, okay. yeah, that's definitely where the where the money is at. What's the, um, who are the big competitors in the industry for you, for you guys? Yeah, so the biggest competitors are always going to be the manufacturers. Um, you know, out of that $100 billion market, they probably control at least 90% of it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose they give that automatic three-year insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, buy this, but you get this insurance. If you buy enough, we'll make the insurance cheaper. Or yeah, exactly. Investment. Yeah. So, and then sometimes people are just more comfortable going with them because they see their name on the hardware, right? Why have uh, Park Place Technologies provide this service when HP's name is literally on the box? Um, but, you know, we prove ourselves. We take a little bit of the data center, we prove ourselves, our services, we meet our SLAs, and then slowly but surely they're like, you know, we're getting just as good, if not a better service at you know, half of the price, if not more off. So it's just a no-brainer. Um, also, I would look at you guys as also an after-service because after the three years, they're probably not interested, the big corporations, to be insuring them on the same products. Well, well this is the thing. The big manufacturers, uh, imagine how much money they spend into to marketing, research and development, the actual manufacturing of the hardware. So that's what they want. Their goal is to get you to refresh and buy new hardware where you know damn well that the hardware you bought you three years ago still works, right? Why do you 
really get an iPhone 11 because the camera is a little bit better. Mm. Uh, I have an iPhone 10 that I've had for four or five years, and it <laughs> does the job, and I couldn't even tell you the difference on the camera personally. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the concept, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But anyway, thanks again, Alex. Been a great um, interview, great learning about the subject. I'm sure our listeners will like it. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, we're hiring for salespeople to join on July 6th. So <laughs> take a look at Park Place Technologies yeah. website. And uh, if you're interested in applying, definitely reach out to me on Inst- or, um, not Instagram, LinkedIn, the Instagram of the professional world. Uh, Alex Gaspar is the name, so okay. appreciate it. Many thanks for that. I can see you've done this before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that's actually a smooth ending. <laughs> Life of a celebrity, yeah. I guess you get used to. Yeah. <laughs> for all our listeners, why don't you try our sister podcast, which is Africa Investing Stories, talking about people, real people with real stories who've invested in Africa, the good things, the bad things, the potential and all of that. Um, It's posted twice a week on Monday and Thursday. Apart from that, thank you for listening and thanks again, Alex. Thank you. Bye.